Welcome to another episode of TVNR. We are on episode four. I say I'm excited all the time, but uh, I really am excited about this one because uh, a lot of people are very fixated with what happens on screen. But every now and again, I come up with a whole lot more people who are fixated with the ideas of being the ones to create the incredible stuff that we see on screen. I'm talking about the actual creators of our TV shows. And if you're one of those people, you want to keep listening to this podcast Uh, which, by the way, is also now available on YouTube. If it's your first time tuning in, we're on YouTube, we're on my IGTV and all major streaming platforms. Uh, But today is all about how to get your TV show idea green lit. Please welcome the beautiful, gorgeous uh, Flavia Mutesi, commissioning editor and entrepreneur. Welcome, Flavia. Thank you so much, Tando. You look amazing. You look amazing. I think you're probably the most, like, the best dressed guest we've had on the show ever. Oh, you so thank you. And it comes, it comes easy for you because other than being a commissioning editor, you actually own a boutique as well. How did that come about? Like, how do you go from being a commissioning editor and then opening a boutique? Well, I mean, I've always had an entrepreneurial bone. Um, I actually deemed myself to be an entrepreneur first before a commissioning editor. And so um, a couple of years ago, I used to sell coats from my boots. I think I did it for about three years. Yeah. And uh, my clientele really grew and they were just like, you know, my customers, my clients were just like, well, what do you have for us after winter? And so yeah. the boutique then came about and I've been running it for like a good 10 months now and I'm absolutely enjoying it. I'm enjoying it too. I'm like, keep it coming. Please don't stop. <laughs> but we digress because this conversation is around you being a commissioning editor. A lot of people don't know that title even exists. So what is a commissioning editor? I mean, it's quite interesting that you say a lot of people don't know that title even exists. I myself didn't even know it existed um, prior to me actually doing the job. Um, And essentially what a commissioning editor does is you are um, known as a broadcast executive. In other countries, they do call it broadcast executive. Um, And essentially what you do is you project manage and you oversee projects. So you develop, you originate, um, you source out and you manage productions. Um, for the broadcaster um, that are in line with the broadcast standards and productions that will make our viewers happy because that's the whole point of, um, you know, the content being there. So essentially what we do is project manage and oversee the whole process and give creative, strategic and operational leadership whilst we do that as well. So long story short, if I have a TV show idea, you're the girl to say yes or no. Probably, yes. <laughs> Not probably, you're being humble. <laughs> How does one even become that? Because that sounds like such a senior, like serious role. At what point, what are sort of the avenues you take to, to one day become a commissioning editor? Yes, I mean, it is a very um, important role to play because, you know, the back stops with, starts and stops with you. Um, and essentially what you need to have, because I do get the question a lot, is extensive sort of producing experience because you're going to be guiding a lot of executive creative and line producers so you need to have that experience yourself as well you need to have a film and television um, or media related um, qualification Um, and you just need to really really understand the dynamics of um, what broadcasting entails production entails writing um, creativity and just have a whole sort of like spectrum 
or holistic view of the industry in a sense. So it does come with a lot of requirements, but I think what I would start with is just have the qualification and then build your way through in the industry in order for you to be able to obtain the role. What are some of the productions that you have greenlit that you are most proud of? I mean, I, um, I'm quite young and I've actually been in the industry for a couple of years. Um, I started my journey at FakeNet, the Mnet Afrikaans channels, and yeah. that's what I used to commission um, Afrikaans content. So I started commissioning there. And when I was commissioning there, I was focusing mostly on non-scripted content and um, a lot of AFPs, live shows, music shows, and lifestyle shows. And I did, I think, one soapy and one sitcom. And that was really, you know, what had kickstarted my love for story and storytelling because yeah. I had studied writing. So when I moved to the LEC channels, which is Mzanzi Magic, One Magic, and those clusters, um, every single projection I have been a part of, I am super proud of. For those who don't know, you've probably done some of their favorite shows or greenlit some of their favorite shows. Name drop, tell us what they are. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have done quite a few shows and um, when I was at GateNet, I've done a lot of unscripted stuff and I think I did Saint Wisdom, which was my first sort of scripted um, telenovela that I did and I'm quite proud of because it paved the way for um, coloured content and coloured Afrikaans speaking audiences. And when I moved to the LEC channels, which is Zanzi Magic and One Magic, I fell in love with each and every single production that I got to commission. Um, and one of my favourite or a couple of my favourite to mention would be Unmarried, The River Season 1, Housekeepers. Wow. That, um, yeah. <laughs> we are to Season yeah. 2 and it's been phenomenal yeah. and you've been phenomenal. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> Itemba, Ikaya, both seasons. Um, if I like it, definitely. Um, and I'm actually working on a couple of really, really awesome stuff that's coming out next year. So it's been a beautiful journey. And obviously, my most favorite currently is Gomorrah. I mean, how can I forget? I mean, know? I thought Housekeepers <laughs> was your favorite, Flavia. I'm just like, mm. it's like having to choose between your children, isn't it? But you know what? Housekeepers is the most amazing series that I've ever worked on. And it definitely is my favorite. And Gomorrah is my favorite. I can't imagine it's an easy job to do, though, because you can say yes to a show and then it doesn't do so well. You know what? For a, a script to be on paper and for it to actually resonate on screen are two completely different things. What is sort of the process that says this will work and this won't work? I think it's exactly that, Tando. I think a lot of people don't understand the amount of pressure we have to go through whenever we do commission projects. And that is why this process is so stringent. So essentially, from a concept point of view, we look at the fact that is this something that is novel? to have the audience has not seen this before because we are on a paid TV platform, so we need to be exclusive. We need to set trends. Um, but secondly, does a story resonate with the mass audiences? And is this something that has longevity in a sense that people will be able to come and tune in every single day? Mm -hmm. um, and then finally, we think about the audiences. Will this really excite the audiences? Will they feel like this is something that's compelling, that's fresh? in their own language um, and they can definitely relate to it. So there's a lot of factors that go into what 
we decide to commission. So we do find a lot of good stories that might not necessarily hit all those or tick all those boxes. And I guess it can be quite difficult for the industry. However, they also, I think people need to understand that it's all about the audience and what they want. Has there been a time where you've gotten it wrong, where you've say, for example, said no to a show and they've gone on to a different channel and pitched it and the show has gone on to be a success? Um, I guess what I'll say is, uh, well, since I've been um, <laughs> in the I mean, I feel like you're not answering the question. You're, you're thinking too hard about it. <laughs> I feel like there definitely was a show. There was. Oh, to date, I'm not even going to lie. I haven't really experienced us saying no to a specific show and it had gone to a different platform. And from a scripted point of view, I haven't really experienced that okay. as yet. Yes. I'll if I'm a young person <laughs> and I have a young production company, what is sort of the process of pitching a, a show to Mzanti Magic or One Magic? The process is pretty much um, simple and it's similar to everybody, whether you're young or it doesn't matter, everybody goes through the same process. And essentially what you do is you go to a submission portal and you click on which channel you want to submit your proposal for. So be it Mnet, be it Mnet Afrikaans, be it Mzanzi Magic, as you mentioned. And there's a, there's a set guideline as to what we require. So we don't want full scripts because we develop the concept with you. Um, we just want the high idea in your concept. And then from there on, we then go through a sifting process where we sift um, on a regular basis. And then we look at the story, see whether it takes all the sort of, it has potential rather. And once we feel that it's something that has potential, then we call you in for pitch and that's where the process starts. And um, once you've pitched and we get to engage with you, um, if the story still has potential, then it goes to a more sort of like stringent pitching process where we then take you to uh, senior managers and you pitch to them. Once that's approved, then the commissioning process starts. So it's sure. a whole journey. Sure. <laughs> yeah. it, it, sounds like, it sounds like a scary process. Um, another part that I've always wondered if commissioning editors uh, have a say in is in selection of roles. So in, for example, in, so say my show is greenlit and we get to a point where I, as the producer, am selecting the cast and show I come up with a shortlist, which I have to submit to channel. Does the commissioning editor then have the final say as to who the cast members are? Yes, absolutely. So as I had explained, we are project managers and we do oversee the whole process. And so we are responsible for every single decision that's made. From, you know, the type of crew you, you decide to hire as a production, the location, the language of the show, whoever you decide to cast, um, who your HODs are, um, positioning everything. So we have to literally um, sort of like approve every single step of the way in order for us to one, check whether it's aligned with our standards. And secondly, whether it's something that the audiences um, would be able to appreciate in that sense. Okay. Another part of, I guess, your job is the budget. We see shows and, you know, like I, there was an episode of, of The River where they shut down uh, the Mandela uh, Bridge, uh, you know, and in some shows are just in, in like one shack and then move to another shack. How do you decide which shows get allocated what budgets? 
Um, I can speak from an eminent point of view. In terms of Zanzi Magic and Run Magic, our budgets are pretty much standard um, for duration. So we budget, our custom minute is based on duration. And if we go on a show max, perhaps, that's where we start, you know, being more flexible with the budget because it's on an OTT space because I do work for, we do work together with show max as well. And if it's sort of like a high-end um, co-production, like a trackers per se, that's where, you know, more funders start, you know, coming on board onto a project and the budget can then be a bit more flexible. But in, in terms of our normal stuff that we put on linear TV, the budget is pretty much... Um, set in that sense and then another thing i realized because i mean commissioning editors visit sets obviously to see you know what's going on but i noticed yeah. how everyone just literally shakes i didn't get it i was just like why why is it? everyone is like packing away their bags everyone is like on their best behavior like what's happening is <laughs> oh flavia's here <laughs> you know literally past eight years around everyone so behaves. i promise you you don't <laughs> see it happening because you're you i'm on set it happens. Why is it that production is so scared of commissioning editors? I mean, I should be asking you because you've seen me on set quite several times and I'm always so nice and we get to yeah. chat and it's chilled. Like, yeah. I don't see anything wrong with, like, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I feel like it should be business as usual because it's business as no. usual. But I mean... I guess you should be telling me why, because I think, it's like, I'm, I don't know, I don't know. It's like if your mom <laughs> leaves you at home, if your mom says, do your homework, and, and then leaves the house to do the homework, and then they come back and you quickly scramble to pretend you're still actually doing your homework when you were doing something else. What is probably some of the biggest mistakes that uh, producers make, um, just whether it be you know, pre-production, post, or whether in actual production? I think from, so part, some of the biggest, I would say, mistakes producers make is sometimes to just act impulsively without checking. So if a creative wave passes by and you're just like, well, no, let's do this, let's not do that, or maybe it won't matter that much, or maybe let's not consult, or maybe let's not tell Flavie if something goes wrong, so we try to patch it up. Um, I think that sort of like... Um, throws us off a bit because when things actually eventually blow off, then it's a whole thing of why didn't you stay earlier so we could have, you know, assisted and supported during the mm -hmm. process of you going through whatever you've gone through. Or why did you change what's in the script? Or why did you decide to go on your creative impulse? Because now this is not aligned with, you know, what we can broadcast. You know what yeah. I mean? Some people would argue, though, that, you know, television making is very much a creative process. Um, and as with anything else, you know, when, when the inspiration comes, the inspiration comes. So, you know, it's hard to sort of strike the balance between the structure of what I guess your job is and, you know, what the creatives are, are trying to do. Because I imagine anyone who's putting together a show is trying to put their best foot forward. No, I absolutely agree. And that is exactly that. And my mantra is sort of like... Um, Sorry, I think you lost me there for a second. Yes. My mantra is sort of just to say that, well, what I believe is that, you know, the producers are the creators of the show. It's their vision and it's their sort of, you know, baby. 
where we come in is we assist in helping you tell the best possible story that you want to tell in a way that the audiences can receive it. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that we're taking you away from your creative, but we're just saying bounce off and check with us because you might, you know, go on this creative tangent, but then at the end of the day, we might not be able to showcase or broadcast it because of BCC complaints or regulations that we have to yeah. adhere to. And that just becomes counter-effective. So in no way do we shut down or shut down the creative. It's just to guide you to t- um, in, in a way to t- for you to tell your story in the best possible way that the audiences are able to receive it in. Okay, before I, I've got lots of things running in my head. Let me just get to this one. The whole idea of, of royalties or people getting paid, you know, it's, it's, it's the actors blaming the producers, it's the producers blaming channel. Where does the yeah. buck stop? Yeah. I mean, this is a broader conversation, Tandra, and I think you should actually be doing a separate interview for, the, for this. Because <laughs> it's something that's been quite topical and there's a lot of sort of like inputs and point of views that are all valid, right? But for me, from a broadcaster's point of view, what I can say is, especially from a private broadcaster's point of view, is that it is a business at the end of the day, right? And they ingest um, money into a product and they need the product in order for them to supply to the um, customers. Right. Mm -hmm. So in that sense, people also need to understand that it is a business. And um, I think a lot of times Mnet and SABC and ETV and all these different broadcasters, people just put everybody in the same sort of like mandate and the same umbrella. And sometimes you need to step your you need to put yourself aside and step aside and see who which broadcaster, which entity, which funding body are you talking to? What is their mandate? And approach it from that point of view. But for us, I know that we are all about, you know, engaging our DSTV subscribers and giving them exclusive content that doesn't sit anywhere else but on DSTV. And so for that, we will pay a certain amount of money in order for that product, for the, for those, um, for that content to be produced so we can give it back to our subscribers, if that makes sense. But in terms of IP and royalties and all of that, I think it is a larger conversation mm-hmm. and it actually does need a lot of time because there's a lot of intricacies that goes into that as well. Yeah, I think it is a conversation to be had because, you know, the way I see it is artists in themselves are, are business, you know. I feel like in the same yeah. way channels able to offer, you know, a service, actors, for example, uh, are offering a service and if even producers, if they say they're getting nothing from, you know, an idea that was originally theirs, that should be looked uh, at. And if we have, you know, other channels like Showmax or, you know, subscription like Showmax popping up, uh, then they are getting something. Surely we should also be getting a piece of, of the pie, but let's not just get political about it. But I think it's a very uh, important conversation that uh, does absolutely need to be had. Another part, Absolutely. people think that uh, you pitch a show, you get green, uh, greenlit, and then it's the end. But actually, you actually have to give the episodes to channel before they play on the channel. Yes, yes, no, absolutely. I think it's also what people don't understand is it's a collective creative effort that we go into. So once you've pitched and you get greenlit, we develop with you. So my role would then be to be a script um, editor. To some extent, I do write with the with the writers at times. 
um, create and build the story and layer it accordingly. Um, and then what we do is that obviously we have to shoot it accordingly and then we have to edit it accordingly and then it goes on air. And, and even after it goes on air, what I need to do is I need to sort of monitor the ratings, right? And see whether it's rating accordingly. Um, and if it's not, we need to change something before the season ends. So it's a continuous process of bettering ourselves because we are always thinking about the audiences commissioning editors as broadcasters we put the customers first i know that a lot of uh producers literally again shaking their boots shame they're always shaking in their boots uh when they're watching you know back episodes before they submit uh to channel when you watch back what are you looking for are you and be honest are you like hmm, i'm looking for everything wrong i can find on this particular episode because the way you know producers are literally so scared it's it's as though you sit there and you have a pen taking away a list yes i'm, I'm gonna keep saying that so when i look at an episode it's not even about whether i like it or not it's about i'm thinking about if i were to have paid however much i paid for dstv right now if i had paid 900 rands every month would this be appealing to me would this be on par with the money that i've paid for this you know so mm -hmm. what i look for is quality i look for story i look for technicalities i look for performance i look for everything just to ensure that we give the best possible product to the viewer by the time it goes on air. okay we're gonna wrap it up um the last part i mean the point of this whole podcast is to show people that there's so much more to this beautiful industry than just what you see on face value and so many you know different aspects of it that people can venture into how important is it when pitching a show um to have a background or experience in productions do are you going to want me to have produced three other shows before you commission my show I think that's a brilliant question. And I think before I even answer it, I think this is also just such a great um, platform. I should have actually said this up front, but I think what you're doing is actually paving a way for so many people. You're opening up a lot of uh, sort of like um, things for people to understand how the industry works. So kudos on you for that. And I think I would be very much interested in hearing the podcast regarding royalties and IP and all of that. Yeah. So you should definitely... <laughs> Yes. I think that would need like 10 people. That would need all the stakeholders. But it, 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 I don't know if absolutely. everyone would listen to each other. But <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. I think you would need all kinds of industry, industry leaders, I guess, yeah. in order for, and, yeah. you know, performers that everybody's yeah. point of view is for us. Um, sorry, but just to get back to your, um, your question, which is, has a very simple answer. For us, we look for story. Regardless of whether you're Tanda Tavete or Flavia or whoever, we don't care. It's story is king. So even if you don't have experience, if the story is brilliant and it resonates and it's something fresh, we will make it work. We will be able to pair you up with someone if you don't have the experience so you can produce your stuff with someone who can help you, you know, um, produce it accordingly. But for us, story is key. And that's the only thing that we look for when we um, find concepts. And I think it's, it's very evident in the kind of uh, content that you guys do commission because it's young, it's fresh, it's relevant, uh, you know, young people resonate with it. It's, it's not like a story from, that you don't understand. It's a story that very much hits home because those are the people we hang out with. Those, you know, those are the people who are telling our 
story. So kudos to you guys. Uh, and I mean, I think the most beautiful thing is to have a black female commissioning uh, editor greenlighting all of our favorite shows. I, I think you're absolutely a, a phenomenal person, literally the most down to earth. You know, a lot of people get, you know, a certain level of, of power um, and it sort of gets to their head and they're unwilling to propel those that come after them. And I think you're one of those people who are very and have always been very open to do that. I thank you for your time, which I know thank is very precious, um, and thank for you. enlightening us on your incredible job. Thank you so much. And I'd like to also just add that um, I had been given an opportunity as a young black female to voice out my voice and to bring, you know, my essence to in the broadcasting space. And in that light as well, I don't feel like we have enough young black females who are creating and producing stories for our platforms. And I'd like to urge and use this platform um you know urge a lot of fellow sisters that guys please do submit your proposals please do bring out your stuff so your voices can be heard so we can tell our stories more you know i think there's a lack of strong black females that are in the forefront and leading productions and yeah. leading writing room yeah exist i don't know why they have not been coming up front, but we are there we are accessible I think Sorry, it, I, I, yeah. it seems daunting, like for a lot of people, it seems like, you know, you watch a show on TV and it seems like something that's for everyone else and not, and not for you. And I'm hoping what this conversation yeah. does is bring it closer to home and make it more tangible and more accessible and more something yeah. that is achievable. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. But we do need more black voices out there. And we, as Nzansi Magic, are looking for different voices, whether it's women or none. But we're looking for different black voices to also tell our stories. So mm -hmm. we are absolutely always looking forward to great stories. So please, please do send through your concepts and we will engage with you. And um, yes, thank you so much for the platform and thank you for your time. And I admire you so much and I'm oh. your biggest fan. I love oh. your work on how yeah. this. I think you've really taken something that initially when the concept was proposed, it was good, but you've taken it to another level and you've just made it bigger than what it needed and had to be. So no. we celebrate you all the time and you are just the most phenomenal actress. Love, love, love your work. Oh, I love you. Thank you, Flavia. And thank you so much for your kind words and for getting on this platform and speaking to us. Thank you, Tango. Thank you. <laughs>